Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for photographer Natalie Field. As a freelancer, you're so much more than whatever it is, whatever skill that you're actually offering people. We are our own accountants, we are our own web designers, our own social media managers. Definitely taken all those roles to heart. You know, be professional, have a professional business and a professional brand. I think that's very important. I think you can't expect people to take you seriously if you don't take yourself seriously. Yes, so there is Natalie, the first South African guest that we have had on. Looking forward to speaking to her very soon indeed. You can find all of our guests at beingfreelance.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss out on them. The other place, you know, if you're fond of hitting subscribe, I heartily recommend clicking the ones on YouTube. It's a lovely subscribe button, particularly the one on my vlog. Enough waffling. Let's crack on, shall we, and find out what it's like being freelance for photographer and digital artist Natalie Field. Hey, Natalie. Hi, Steve. Let's hear how you got started being freelance. How have you ended up where you are today? Um, well, I've pretty much always been freelance. I've very seldom held a, a steady or normal job. Um, after school, I travelled for three years. I spent two years in London and did a lot of promotional work, which was really great because you'd work on and off for a week or two and then you could travel a bit. Um, and then I traveled a fair amount actually, and I fell in love with photography in that time. So I came back to South Africa and I studied photography. And in my second year, I needed some money as a student does. And so I started shooting weddings. And since then I have pretty much worked for myself. So yeah, it's been a a long time coming. Cool. How did you go about finding your initial clients? Um, definitely word of mouth. So most of the people that I worked for when I was a student were people that I knew. And then from there, you know, people talk. And I find that if you do a, a decent enough job, that inevitably you will get more work out of it. So rather than spending a, a lot of time and money on advertising, I find that if you do do a good job, you will get more work from that. Yeah, in 2011, we moved from Port Elizabeth, my hometown, to Johannesburg, where I didn't know any people. So that was a little bit tricky. And also just started chatting to people, met a few photographers through groups. And those photographers had excess work that they passed on to me. And then that got me going on the side. So that was great. People were very generous. Yeah, nice. So you started out doing weddings. Just to put that in perspective, when was that? And that was in 2007, and yeah, 2006, 2007 was when I started doing those. Cool. So, so just over 10 years, that was when you were still at uni. Yes. And how have you evolved the sort of photography that you do? How would you describe your photography now, by the way? If people haven't gone onto your website yet, there'll be a link at the website, of course. But how would you describe your photography now? Um, so I've definitely made a move away from photographing documentary style work like weddings, um, to creating stories in camera where I actually bring together a team of people and we set up scenes and tell narratives. So it's a lot more conceptual, um, which I enjoy. We're doing a lot of fashion photography and then I also do fine artwork, which initially also had uh, underlying fashion tones in it, um, but I've now started moving away from from that aspect. Because, you know, when you're working in a team, you always need to give credit to to everybody. And when you're working with models, you don't have the model releases and rights to sell those images as fine art and 
um, things like that. So to enable myself the broadest scope of usage for the images, I've moved away from the fashion and professional model undertones in the fine artwork. I see. How do you go from, because, you know, I imagine that there's quite a lot of people who might pay for wedding photography or, you know, headshots of their people in the office or any of those manner of things, for example. Whereas you you obviously wanted to go down a more artistic route. So how did you transition that? How did you get people to realise what you could offer? Well, I think I'm still in the process of doing that. I think it's an ongoing process to to continue to try and get more of the work that you want while doing some of the work that you need to to move things forward. But yeah, when I came here, I made a connection with some of the modeling agencies. So some of the fashion work that I do is directly for the models for their portfolios, which is quite nice because there is no brief and nobody's kind of overseeing what you are doing or, or telling you what to do, which I like. So so that's um, one element of it. And then on the other side, it's actually working for fashion brands. And you know, being in South Africa, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and in the fashion world, especially as well, there are people coming Coming from um, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Lesotho, um, and so in Johannesburg, there's a huge influx of a variety of people from different places that are here to to kind of find their voice. And so I work with a lot of of those brands, which is fantastic um, because it it builds community. I think, which is great. When you say like, so you still take the work that maybe you don't want to be known for, but it pays the bills, kind of thing. So yeah, I'll still shoot an occasional wedding. And so last year I did one in the UK, which was a, a lot of fun. Also for somebody that I met through a conference that I shot um, yeah, in in the Drakensberg, actually, that they'd come for. And so yeah, networking, like I say, word of mouth is great. So I went into that. So there'll still be the occasional wedding that I photograph. Um, I'm a bit of a yes man. I will say yes to, to most jobs which in the beginning I thought actually was a great thing to be. And I think as I've gone along, I've realized that there must be times when you say no, especially um, as you're trying to transition from, you know, kind of being a, a jack of all trades to a master of one. Um, so so that, that, that time does come when you have to start saying no to work. But I, I do still find that very hard to do. So I do now have somebody that's working with me in the office as well that's helping me with the retouching that takes quite a lot of the time. And so I can take on more of the work. But so I'm doing more commercial work. Um, Sometimes I'm photographing products. So eyewear or cooking things, utensils and systems and things like that as well. And so there are a variety of things that I will take on because the commercial clients are the one that have money that have been set aside for their campaigns and things like that. And so I do believe that it's important to make yourself available to the commercial sector. And when I'm shooting the fashion, I'm photographing um, sometimes catalog stuff, which I consider also to be product photography, um, and then their campaigns and their lookbooks as well. So, so there's a nice variety of work coming from those clients and most of those clients for me are repeat clients so I have about 15 clients that I deal with on a monthly basis almost and as they have new products that they're launching or they need new um, banners for their websites and things like that I assist them with with that yeah it's good to to stay in contact with the commercial side of things yeah so relationships are so important 
Definitely. One of the things that I enjoy about shooting the fashion is that it's such a nice collaboration with other freelancers. So when I'm putting a team together, it's makeup artists, hairstylists, um, the fashion stylists, models, and a lot of the people that I work with are in the same boat as I am. You know, they're running their own businesses. And so it's a really nice way of building relationships with a variety of people that eventually do become your friends as well. So most of my friends are also freelancers and we can bounce ideas off of each other. We'll talk about business related issues. You know, and if you want to have a coffee during the work week while other people are in the office, it gives you a nice opportunity to, you know, get out and meet people because you're all in the same boat. When you're hiring those people as well, mm. does the client just hire you and you deal with all of them, if you see what I mean? 90% of the time, yes. Um, most of my clients, like I said, I've worked with them for a while, but even a lot of the new ones, because my work is very conceptual and they want me to bring that vision to life for them, so they'll give me some brief or feedback as to what they want, and then they give it to me to handle. So I actually then go and find the people that I know are suited to producing those campaigns and I go and find all the different freelancers that make up the team. Did that make pricing things tricky for you? Or is that simply, you know, that's the way the industry works and I don't know, maybe you were taught it or whatever. No, it definitely makes it very tricky because you spend so much time in the planning of it and having to find everybody that is available for a specific date at the same time for the job can be difficult. And then you have to get quotes from everybody and wait for everybody to come back to you before you can put together a quote for the client. So definitely it does complicate things a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I get the images that I would like to create. And so I think that it is worth it for me. Um, but of course, I do also charge the clients a small rate for each for each person in the team that I have to, to find as well. So I do charge for that time because time is money. <laughs> but on top of that you mentioned so you've now got somebody like working with you as that is that as in full-time working for you we're also a freelancer um so to be honest it's my other half I think having seen the success and the lifestyle that I have um he was working a commercial job but as a graphic designer and so he's also decided to go freelance and um, I keep him busy with some of the retouching work, which is more in line with the kind of work that he does. And it's also given us an opportunity to offer some new products to our clients because we can give them graphic design, we do logos, and we can design their flyers. So the images that I shoot can then be incorporated with uh, the fonts and things like that. And we've also started moving into some moving images and 3D work and things like that. So he's actually adding completely different scope to what I'm already offering. And that's something we're going to try and incorporate more this year and try and build it as a brand together. So I think that's quite exciting. Yeah, that's brilliant. How's it been out of interest making that? Like, How long ago was that How the, the transition into working together? So that's been about a year now. And when he actually finished working, I was doing an artist residency in Finland. So for the first month, he was at home alone, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think was a little bit scary <laughs> for him. But since then, I think we've come a far way and definitely we have been able to create enough opportunities to really fulfill his role and in a direction that he prefers as well, which is the, the more graphic side of things. So, you know, it's a little bit hard because we sit next to each other the whole day <laughs> and working. 
And so it has its moments that are that are tough, but I think overall it's built our relationship and made it stronger. And also we get to share, you know, more. Um, obviously I'm out shooting a lot of the time as well, so I'm not always here. And what's nice for me is when I get back, the work had still got done. So so that's definitely a perk. But yeah, it's been interesting. I definitely feel like we can offer more as a team than we could individually. So yeah. How do you find work-life balance particularly when so much of your life is now within your work I guess yeah I have none of that um (laughs) there there is no such thing I'm a workaholic so if there is work I feel compelled to do it and because my office is at my house you know I may as well do it but also I'm making money while I'm doing it so why not you know yeah I have been trying to to find more of a balance because I have been trying to put more attention into the art side um, and not just in the commercial side of things so I've definitely been trying to you know stop at five o'clock and say okay well that's that's done for now but then if there's deadlines you kind of do have to hit your deadlines and your targets and if that means that you have to work at night then I think sometimes that that is you know, just the way it is. And especially if you were having coffee with somebody during the day, then I think as freelancers, what happens is we, because we don't track our time, we feel like we're busy the whole time. But half of that time you were maybe out having coffee or running around doing errands. And then at night when you have to work, you think, oh, where is me? It's nighttime and I have to now be productive. But actually you weren't maybe all that productive during the day. And so it's important to just focus on the fact that you do have that freedom to to do your own schedule and plan your own life. So this year I've started using Toggle to track my time so that I can actually see where I'm spending my time. It also helps me with quoting because then I can tell the client, you know, this job is going to take me five hours to edit. And I can say that knowing that that is a fact, having done measurements over a period of time from different clients and seeing how long things take me. Um, I definitely think it's a good way of helping you to quote if you have some data to work from rather than trying to thumb suck how long something's going to take because I think a lot of us do that. So yeah, Toggle has definitely changed things for me and made me realize that I'm not always as productive as I think I was. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) maybe I was running around doing other stuff. And if you're listening and you don't know, we'll put a link at being freelance through to Toggle. But basically, you, as I understand it, you you log down, you know, a particular task and how much time you're spending on it. And in theory, you could bill from that as well. So you mentioned going to Finland. So is travel still quite a bit of your of, you know, like, do you manage to freelance whilst traveling? Is that something you do quite a bit of? Um, so, yeah, I fell in love with photography while I was traveling. And at the time, the idea was to come back, study and then use photography as a means to an end to travel so maybe work for National Geographic or something like that because I wanted to see the world and um, then I got sidetracked and I started working and making money and um, yeah I got sidetracked by the bling of the commercial world and about two years ago I had a bit of an existential crisis when I had a health issue and at the time I mean it it was a serious um, issue for me and it I thought a lot about life and it really put things into perspective for me. So I do find that I've been distracted by the financial benefit of working and especially like I said, I'm a workaholic. So, you know, it's actually a little bit greedy. And so I've decided to take more time for myself and definitely that includes 
traveling to different places. I did some work in Tasmania for a wedding and in the UK last year. So that was nice because I got to travel and I got paid for it. But then the artist residency is definitely something I'd like to look into doing more of because that is very different from how I travel before. You know, you normally you travel, you go and see places, you run through them and you, you're looking at things and you, you're moving through. But when you're doing an artist residency, you're staying in one place. So you're having an opportunity to really explore the environment around you and be kind of peaceful in it and like let it soak in rather than just running through it. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, I think you make more of a connection with the place if you can stay in it for a little bit longer. And yeah, in, I mean, at that artist residency, I conceived the series that I'm working on at the moment, which is called Human Nature. And that was in October 2016. And I'm still busy working on it now um, because it's going to culminate in my first solo show, which is going to be held here in Johannesburg in March. And so I've spent the last year and a half just working on the images that I shot there, compiling them into photo montages, but also just doing further studies on some of the issues that I thought about, you know, at that time, you know, related to creation and evolution and the transmigration of our souls. And so, so pretty deep stuff came out of it. And so I've spent a lot of time trying to read further into those things and then incorporating those studies into the art that I'm creating. And so it was a really meaningful experience for me. And I'm hoping that more opportunities for residencies will come along soon. Um, but it's nice that you can go and go for a month or two, but know that home is here and then, you know, be able to come back and then carry on working on it from, from here. It does make it a little bit difficult um, because my clients are not of repeat clients. So some of them I have a contract with where I shoot for them monthly. And so, so far, um, my trips have all been only up to a month so that I can shoot for them, go and do my thing and come back and shoot again straight away when I, when I get back. So I don't know if I can go for longer than that at a time without you know, having detrimental effects to the clients that I already have and don't want to lose. So, cause they're great. So, so they, it does make it tricky as well, but like I bought myself a, a really big and heavy computer, but it's got great processing power. So I can do all my very complicated editing on my laptop and I can take that laptop with me wherever I go, even though it's a bit heavy to carry around. I like the fact as well, it feels like you're, I mean, you said that you don't have any work-life balance and it's, uh, you know, you're a workaholic. <laughs> but but equally, you know, that's because you're enjoying it so much, right? And you're so, you seem so, I know you're filling your time with something that kind of looks like work, but equally it's it's a passion project. Very much so. So over this Christmas holiday, I took a month off to, to work on my art. And when other people asked, you know, would you like to do something? My other half would say, no, Natalie's working. And every time I said, no, 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 I'm not working. I'm making art. Because in my own mind, I want to keep those two things separated. I think that um, as soon as I start thinking about it as work, it might change my relationship with it. So it's very important to me to to consider it as something that it's not because I have to do it. It's because I want to do it. Yeah. But equally, does that feed back into your your work? Like, do your clients see the art side of your work? Do they comment on it? Does, does it, you know, is that one of the reasons they want to work with you? I think definitely yes. I think most of my clients want, want that, but most of them aren't willing to pay for it because, you know, I put a lot more hours into that um, than I do into the commercial work. So, like, one image will take me 100 hours to create, 
um, where people want me to edit their photo in an hour. So from that perspective, right now, it's not feeding into the work that I'm getting all that much, but obviously the plan is that it definitely will in the future. Um, I've started doing some um, album covers for for artists, singers. I think that that uh, would be a good platform for the more creative work to start coming through, album cover art and book cover art and those kind of things. I think it would definitely be suited to you. And so those are things that I would like to to explore further and maybe market towards. Yeah, but I don't really do so much marketing, to be honest. Um, I do rely heavily on word of mouth. So I suppose if I want to get more of what I want, I need to go and find it. <laughs> <laughs> but do you use, uh, I don't know, the likes of Instagram or, you know, are you regularly putting stuff out there or is it like, no, I'm just going to do the work and, and let that work? Um, I would love to be on Instagram more. Uh, Instagram, okay, is firstly definitely my favorite social platform. Um, as a visual artist, I think that it's just amazing. Um, and there's so much fantastic work on there. It can make one despondent sometimes, but at the same time inspired. So, you know, you keep looking. If I had more time, I'd probably be posting more often. But I do have two Instagram accounts. Um, I actually, this week, I, I've decided to split the commercial work and the art from each other because my art can be um, and it's definitely moving into a direction that is a little bit um, I'm going to say darker but that's maybe not the word for it um, because it is quite enlightened at the same time um, but so I collect bugs and um, I do some gardening for my own veggies and things like that so I want to share those things but obviously I don't want to share it on my on my commercial page because you know that's not relevant to my clients but I think as a as an artist it's a more of a personal experience and so those are the kind of things that I want to post, you know, there. So, so I've actually just started a new Instagram account so that I can kind of show more of myself and not necessarily just of the work. Yeah. How have you managed the, the business side of being freelance? I mean, we, we alluded to, you know, getting the pricing right and hiring other people. So it sounds like you're, you're, you're pretty much on top of it. Has it always been that way? Um, yes. My dad is also a workaholic, and I think he taught us all with four daughters. He taught us how to how to do business, how to take business serious, and and how to really push. Um, so you, I think we 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 all. Um, my other sister also runs her own business. We're very organised. It's probably the right word. Um, and so so from the beginning, like my paperwork and stuff has always been filed, and you know my websites I've designed myself. Because I think also as a freelancer, you're so much more than whatever it is, whatever skill that you're actually offering people. We are um, our own accountants. We are our own web designers, our own social media managers. And I, I've definitely taken all those roles to heart and try and bes besides the time that we have to spend on, on actually getting the work out, you know, spend the time on having those things always up to date and, you know, be professional, have a professional business Um and a professional brand. I think that's very important. I think you can't expect people to take you seriously if you don't take yourself seriously. So I've always tried to, to focus on all those extra things. I think in the beginning, I, I did make the mistake. Um, like I said earlier, I've, I've always been a yes man. And so if people ask me, oh, you know, you built your own website, that's really cool. Can you make one for me? I would say, yeah, sure. Let me do that. Um, but then inevitably they come with queries or additional things that maybe you haven't done before. And then you're forced to learn new skills 
to be able to finish the job. And as much as those skills are handy, unless you are going to use it again to sell it to more clients, it is actually of no benefit to you. Um, and so it would take up a lot of time to, to learn these things for this once-off you know, website or job that you're doing. And so, so those are the kind of the things that I've learned to say no to. Unless it's actually within my scope of specialization, I now say no to anything that I can do because I happen to be a freelancer and I know how to do many things. But if it doesn't fall within my scope of business, then I think that's important to, to, to know to say no to those because otherwise actually just time wasters. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I've got sucked into that before as well. Actually. Yeah, think, I could do that. I know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say has been the biggest challenge in being freelance? Um, take time for myself. I definitely, yeah, that to me is definitely my biggest challenge. It's to to not have time where I'm not actually sitting in front of a computer or doing anything photography related, being my fun art project or my commercial work, but to actually you know, go for hikes or play guitar, which I'm trying to teach myself, which in a year's time, I can't even play a single song yet to the fullest yet. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's to, to do that. I think that to me is very challenging. Um, so yeah, the last couple of years, I've actually joined some freelancing groups and um, South Africa's got, a. Uh, an association called Safria. I'm sure you have um, them everywhere in the world. And that's also been a good way of, you know, just helping to get feedback from other freelancers on how they manage their time and stuff like that as well. So, so I do think it's important to be part of groups, be it on Facebook or, um, you know, in-person meetings and things like that, just to connect with other people and remind ourselves that we are not necessarily our job. Because to me, it feels like that. Sometimes people will say to me, I'll, you know, I'll ask for criticism on an image and then they'll, they'll give it and then I'll be upset. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they'll say something like, you know, but you are not your work. But for me, I am. That is my life. It is what I do. It's all that I do. So, so I do take it very personally. But I do think that it's important to be able to distinguish yourself from that work at some point and say, well, that isn't my whole life. You know, I do also have have friends and family and pets and other things that other interests that aren't necessarily related to to photography or you know whatever skill that is that you have yeah now i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie what have you got for me okay well this has um kept me up at night <laughs> Thinking about Sorry. my thinking about my life, it was actually a good exercise of trying to, you know, just trying to think through your life about things that happened, and so it was quite retrospective, which was quite cool. I enjoyed that element of it. Um, so here we go. So number one is uh, once I had a rhino walk into my shot. Number two is while I was in Australia, I got kicked by a kangaroo. And uh, number three is while I was in Vietnam, the tourist police paid me $20 to go away. <laughs> so when you were in Vietnam, you got paid to go away? By the tourist police. They have tourist police. What do the tourist police have to do? What were you doing? <laughs> so I think, I think if you're a tourist and you have a, a problem or an issue with the system, then you can go to the tourist police. 
Ah, gotcha, right. Mm-hmm. I broke my camera on the bus journey from outer hell between Laos and Vietnam, which was a 36-hour bus journey. And then when I got to Hanoi, I wanted to get my camera fixed. And so I took it to a guy, but it was this, it was a Kodak APS camera that um, has a cover on the back that makes it waterproof. And so I said, don't mess that up. And when I came back, he had broken the glass of the camera trying to get it off. And so I was unhappy and I decided to take it up at the tourist police. They told you. To... Oh, right. You, did you say you were punched by a kangaroo? So I was trying to take a photo of this kangaroo. I, I hadn't seen a kangaroo um, because I spent most of my time in Tasmania. But then I went to Melbourne and I went to like a – it's really like a zoo, but the animals aren't in cages. They open and you can walk through in between the kangaroos because I really wanted to see them. And, um, of course, I wanted to take a photograph and then I got a little bit too close and then it kind of went for me and it got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn paparazzi. <laughs> Lesson learned. Don't get too close to the animals for taking close-ups. Also, I mean, a kangaroo has it. Was it was it like a red kangaroo or like the little grey fellas? And um, this was a the the red the red kangaroos are bigger. I think this may yeah. have been the grey kangaroo. It wasn't those small because you get the small padamelons. It wasn't a padamelon. It was a yeah. It was a, probably a grey kangaroo then. Yes. Okay, and a rhino. Yeah, so while I was doing a fashion shoot, a rhino just came walking into the photograph. Actually, photobombed by a rhino. That's it. That's a much better way of saying it. Yes, photobombed by a rhino. Uh, it would have been it would have been even better if it was during a wedding, right? Okay, <laughs> rhino, kangaroo, tourist, police. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I don't know. I've I've been to Australia. And walked amongst the kangaroos, so I get, I believed that bit. And actually, kangaroo—I mean, they do lash out, they do punch, don't they? They sure do. <laughs> so yeah, that I I can believe that. But equally, I can believe a rhino wandering into shot because uh, whilst I haven't been to South Africa, I imagine it would be possible for you to get to somewhere where there might be a rhino. A lot easier than it is where I am. Put it that way. So. Mm-hmm. It was at a fashion shoot. Yeah, okay. I think tourist police is true. And then you had a real animal story and so you thought you'd make one up, but they both sound they both sound really true. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you weren't punched by a kangaroo. Oh, no, I wasn't punched by a kangaroo. Yes! <laughs> oh, I thought my backstory was quite good. <laughs> I was going to say your backstory was very good. And, and even when you went on to give so much more detail about the different types of kangaroo, uh, I thought, well, this sounds plausible that she spent a lot of time with kangaroos. Uh, I said, well, that's good, though, because that means the rhino really did. Actually, two rhino. Two rhino walked into the shot and everybody, I just saw people like slowly disappearing around me and I didn't realise what was going on. Until somebody tapped because I'm looking through the through the viewfinder, so I'm not seeing that. And somebody said they <laughs> they rhino, and I looked up, and these two rhino were just behind the models, but just off to the side. And the makeup, the hairstylist, she's like, shoot, shoot, take photos, you know. But we photographing with flash, so I'm like, I'm not going to flash now because a rhino will charge you. 
And um, <laughs> so eventually I took the flash, the trigger off, and I took a few photos. And when I got home and I looked at the photos close up, the models' faces were absolutely terrified. They were... <laughs> I couldn't use any of the photos because they were so scared. It was so funny. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> That's great. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I would say it's to stay true to yourself. Um, so to not forget the passion or the purpose that encouraged you to hone your skill in the first place like myself, who really wanted to use photography as a vehicle for conversation around conservation of our natural environment, and then got completely sidetracked by commercial work and, you know, having moved to a big city and things like that. Um, so to definitely continue to play and experiment in your field and um, have purpose. And I suppose if you do that, you will never work a day in your life. So yeah, it would be that. Natalie, it's been so nice speaking to you. Thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com, link through to Natalie's site so you can check out her work. While you're at our website, of course, check out the vlog, the newsletter. And if you've enjoyed this and you've never left a review for this podcast before, then that would be amazing. It does help podcasts get discovered. But for now, thank you so much, Natalie, and all the best being freelance. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was fun.